have your Bibles, turn with me to John chapter 3. Um, let me turn this down so maybe it won't go off. Uh, when uh, we were in the hospital the other day, and everybody had gone except for me and Rennie, and this woman walked in. And she told us her name. No, yeah, Irene or something. I, anyway, I didn't know her. And my brain automatically goes to Jehovah's Witness. The Latter-day Saints or the Mormons are real big in the hospitals. And so I'm just sitting there being very quiet. And she's just um, talking, but very shy, which was a signal that it wasn't going to be uh, a Mormon. And um, she carried on a conversation, and then she said, can I pray for y'all? And so she took her hands, and she said a really sweet prayer. And God says, get up and pray for her. And I said, okay. And I put my arms around that woman and prayed for her. And God just showed me stuff as I was praying for her. And she just broke and cried. And she just, she was just, um, she was broken. And so I finished praying and uh, I said, you know, sometimes we think we're doing the will of God and we are. But God's got it, something in it for us more than he does for who we're doing it for. It's for us. And, um, and she just, she was so blessed, upset, I couldn't quite determine, but she just turned and left. And uh, she doesn't work in the hospital, she works at Flowers, matter of fact. Don't know how all that came about, don't know what it was all about, I just know that God was moving, and he was right in the midst of it. Uh, Today I want to talk to you about discerning the voice of the Holy Spirit. I have been saying for years now that um, we've got to hear the Holy Spirit in the days that we're in. We need to be, we're not going to be perfect, we're not going to always hear Him, but we can hear Him better than we are hearing Him. Hearing him. I hear Him sometimes real clear, sometimes I just, I'm struggling, but we are coming into a day and we are already there that we need to hear the Spirit. So he says, go right or go left. We can do it and know that we're being obedient. Um, many Christians get caught up with their thoughts that go through their head. And you, uh, nighttime is my time. I don't know about y'all. Can you turn this down just a little bit? But... I can be laying in the bed and a thought will come and I'll lay there and that thought will just go through my head and I'll just, I'll just run with it. I mean, you just, uh, and it'll just, it just is not good. Uh, and those thoughts hinder us from hearing the Spirit because when you start taking your own thoughts and um, like if you're laying in the bed like Jeannie might do, Okay, they've told her she's got cancer and she could lay in that bed. And do you know the thoughts that can go through her head 
laying there and she can just run with it and it is a battle and you you're not going to hear the holy spirit when you're running with those thoughts um you have to decide is this my thought is this coming from my emotions which most of our thoughts do uh or is this the holy spirit um is this the holy spirit or is this my flesh I want you to understand to hear the Holy Spirit. You've got to know this. Your flesh always wants to pull you away from something to what is entertaining. Your flesh wants to be entertained. Your flesh wants to be satisfied and your flesh wants to be distracted from the Holy Spirit. Your flesh wants a busy mind so it doesn't have to deal with the Holy Spirit. That's just, the, that's just our flesh. And the Bible says that if, you, uh, if, you're, if your uh, flesh is in control, you're at enmity with God. Hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit is not a skill you acquire. It is a sense that has to be sharpened. Okay? You understand what I'm saying? If you're born healthy, you have... Ears to hear, you have eyes to see, and you don't, don't learn how to see, and you don't learn how to hear. But you do develop those, those uh, senses that you have. When you're born of the Spirit, you are born again with the ability to hear and to see in the Spirit. John chapter 3. We're going to start with um, verse 3. Jesus answered and said unto him, this is Nicodemus, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter in the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not to you that I say you must be born again. And uh, when you're born of the Spirit, I've read books, they call it the fifth dimension. It's the, the dimension of faith. It's that place where you know the Spirit of God lives in you, and the Spirit of God lives in you, and you you have the ability to hear him. But you have to sharpen your senses. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning. Um, you've got to discern who is talking to you. Uh, I could say God speaks in a still, small voice. We know that he does. I could tell you that God speaks in a loud, thundering voice, and he does. Uh, you can't explain uh, you can't explain to somebody that was born blind, you cannot explain to them sight. They can't relate to it. If somebody is born deaf, you can't explain to them how to hear. You can't. You can't explain to somebody how to hear God if they're not born again. They, have, they don't have the ability to hear him. Because you've got to be born again. You've got to have the Holy Spirit inside of you. And that person has got to be able, they've got to learn to hear the Spirit, even though he's talking to them all the time. Um, and trying to teach, trying to tell somebody how to hear God is, uh, you can't explain the voice of God if you're not born again. 
I cannot give you a natural explanation, okay? But the, spirit, the, the scripture gives us principles. It tells us things about God so that when we hear, we can recognize God. But I can't explain to you the voice of God. Uh, I'll give you another example. Um, I know Tony's voice. Y'all know Tony's voice. But we could be in a crowd of people, and I could hear somebody calling me, and you wouldn't know who it was, but I would. Because I know Tony's voice. I can't explain to you Tony's voice. Deep, maybe. Not as deep as Marty's. Uh, Marty's voice is the one voice in here you probably all would recognize because it is so deep. It has that, that quality to it that is different from most people. Um, but you have to learn to hear that voice. And as you learn to hear that voice, the more you hear it, the more you will recognize it, and the more you will respond to it quickly. It's, uh, and that is what I want for us, is that we hear the voice of God and we respond quickly. God's voice is stable and it's constant. God's voice is stable and it's constant. Isaiah 48 says, the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God shall stand forever. Uh, God's voice is always constant. That is hard for us to understand. You say, well, no, it's not. Yes, it is. I'll tell you why it is. Because we deal in emotions. Our, our emotions, we can just be on cloud nine and somebody can come up and say something to us and zap. We're just down in the, we're just down in the valley. We're just mully grubbing and we can't understand. But God doesn't move like that. I've had people, I don't know how many times, walk in this church. And uh, especially when I first started pastoring, uh, these men would come in, I can remember three in particular, at different times, would walk in and say, God sent me to help you. And I said, okay, fine. If God sent you to help me, that's fine. Just have a seat and wait till God shows me. Because they wanted to take over. And God didn't tell me to let anybody take over except Thomas. And it was like, they would come and they would sit, and because they couldn't do what they wanted to do, they would walk out the door. See, God didn't change his mind. God is constant. I've had people come to me and say, well, I think God called me to preach. Uh, I said, okay. Knowing that God's saying, don't go there, don't go there, and I said, give God time, he will show you. He will reveal himself to you. And if he has called you to preach, he will show me too, because he does that way. And I will be able to mentor you. Um, the next time I see him, it might be, well, I think God's called me to be a missionary. You see, they're not hearing anything except what they want to hear. And that's what most of us do, especially when it comes to God. Uh, we think we're hearing God, but then he cha God changes his mind. No, God doesn't change his mind. God is in the business of changing our mind. I promise you, when God called me to preach, he had to change my mind because I was not in the business of preaching because women don't preach. God's voice is stable and it's constant. And with our emotions up and down and with our focus so distracted today on this and that and the other, um, 
we're not constant, so it's hard to, for me to understand that God is the same and he never changes. Uh, God is consistent. When we follow our ways, we are not consistent. Uh, let me look at something. We have to learn not to trust in our ability to hear. We have to learn not to trust in our ability to hear. But we have to learn, we have to trust in God's ability to communicate with us. If you go around trying to hear God, trying to hear God, trying to hear God, just like that woman walking in the room, I wasn't thinking about anything. I was just trying, I, well, I was thinking about Rennie and talking to her. And this woman walks in the room. I'm not saying, oh, God, what am I supposed to hear? God, what do you want me to do? That didn't cross my mind. And I was just thinking about, was she a Mormon or was she a Jehovah's Witness? I was just, I, I was very protective. And anyway, God has the ability to communicate to you, but you've got to be willing to hear. God has the ability, and you've got to trust him to communicate to you. He can, and you don't have to fight it. The second thing you need to know is God's voice, and I shared this years ago, God's voice guides you. Uh, our, our voice or the enemy's voice pushes you. Have you ever had this thought or this thing where you felt like God was telling you to do something and you just think, I've got to get it done, I've got to get it done. Put it down because it's not God. Because the enemy wants to push you because he, if he can push you to make a rash decision, if he can push you or, or an irrational decision or a quick decision, then uh, he can lead you off down a wrong path. You take, when a thought comes, if you, if you know for a fact that it's God, you go with it. But if you're not sure, give God time. Let him work within you because God's voice is very wooing. He's loving and he is wooing you and he's drawing you and he's trying to get you in a direction and he can get you there. Uh, let me say, just insert this here, and I think we're going to see this more and more the Holy Spirit will speak to you in an urgent voice. He can. For example, if you're riding down the road and you hear, stop, in your head and in your heart, and you stop, and you think, what far? You better stop back there because that is the Holy Spirit protecting you and taking care of you. I've been going somewhere, and, and he says, you know, Turn right, and I'm like, nah, I keep on going, and I had to turn around and come back and go. Because they, God's always got a plan. He's always moving. He's always speaking in your life. It's just we recognize it. Um, if sin is in your life, the voice of the Holy Spirit is weighty. It's heavy. I was laying in the bed last night. Uh, I start crying. And... Uh, Worry, anxiety was overtaking me, and uh, I couldn't sleep, and I got up, and there was some other stuff, and I just got up, and I sat in my chair, and um, I just started praying, and uh, God just broke my heart. 
and I don't know about what. You see, when the Holy Spirit deals with you sometimes, you don't know what he's trying to show you. You've just got to be willing to let him deal with you. And I sat there and I cried for a while. And uh, I thought I was, whatever it was, was why I was the worry and everything. I thought that's why God was dealing with me, but it wasn't. So you've got to just, sometimes he's speaking to you and he's revealing things to you and you don't know what it is. You just got to wait. But I sat there and I cried and I cried and uh, kind of like a cleansing. I repented. I asked God to show me what he wanted from me, what I needed to do. And uh, after I went through that process, I went to bed and slept like a baby. No worry. No anything. See, if, there, if that worry and that was sin in my life, and it was, but whatever, wherever you have sin in your life, the hand of God is weighty on you. It's heavy on you. And it'll, it almost takes your strength from you. When you've got sin in your life, uh, I, somewhere in the psalm it says the arm of the Lord is heavy on me because of my sins. That's Ruth. That's Ruth. You'll have to find the verse. I don't know where it is. I just remember reading it in all my years. That when sin is in your life, the arm of God is heavy on you uh, because God hates sin. Living in sin is compromising. And the Holy Spirit will make you miserable. You're not happy in here? Find out what your sin is because, see, when there's sin in your life, you compromise the world for the Lord. And the Holy Spirit is there to make you sin. I mean, miserable. He's your teacher. He's your, he's your guardian. He's your seal. And he'll draw you to himself uh, and show you that that sin is going to eat you up. The Holy Spirit is consistently, he will be consistent and persistent on some things. For example, if God puts something in your heart to do and you don't do it, and next day it's still there, he is consistently persistent to show you. I told you yesterday, this Ruth's words, but you just know in your heart that he's trying to get you to do something. And so you don't do it. A week later, you don't do it, and it's just nagging, nagging. I need to do this. I need to do this. Maybe he wants you to go visit somebody. Maybe he wants you prayer more. Maybe he wants you in the Word more. But he is consistently persistent to get you to do what he wants you to do. He leads us beside still waters. The Holy Spirit leads us beside still waters. That means when he speaks, there's a calm and a peace. The Holy Spirit's voice will always align with his word. If you hear the Holy Spirit and it is contradictory to this word, then you, well, you didn't hear the Holy Spirit. I said it wrong, didn't I? If you hear, and it's contradictory to this word, then it's not the Holy Spirit. It's your thoughts. 
It's what you want to hear. Um, Numbers 23, 19. God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. Has he said it, he shall do it. Has he spoken it, he shall make it come to pass. Hallelujah. God's words and his actions line up. God's word is his instructions. They line up. The word is the basis for the Holy Spirit to speak to you. I think it was, maybe it was this year. I've spent so much time talking about being in the word, being in the word, and that's your plumb line. That's how you know what you're supposed to know and how you can move and what you're supposed to move in is because of the word. God never, the Holy Spirit never, ever, ever speaks against his word. If he does, we're going to all blow up. Do y'all understand that? If God goes against himself, everything in the universe would just poof. We wouldn't be here. If we are serious about knowing the Holy Spirit apart from ourselves and our emotions, then we'll have to get serious about God's <laughs> word. And you're going to have to get serious about God's word. Uh, when you leave the safety, whew, when you leave the safety of the Word of God, you are in danger. When you leave the safety of the Word of God, you have put yourself in danger as a Christian. If you question the clear teaching of God's Word, now, I wrote this down. It took me a long time to get from me to what I'm trying to say on paper so we can make sense of it. So I'm going to read it specifically. If you question... The clear teaching of God's word to make your own opinion more acceptable. If you have to bend the foundational truths to make yourself more comfortable for your own opinion, then you are in danger because then it is you that you trust and not the word of God. That makes sense? Because people do it all the time. All the time. Uh, and I asked God, I said, I need an illustration. And he gave me two when I pulled up out here. I don't, I have always told this church, this body of believers, I have told y'all. I will not compromise the blood of Jesus. I will not compromise the grace of God. That is your salvation. That is who God is, and that's the way it works. I, um, I do not push on you things like uh, speaking in tongues, miracles, and those kind of things. I don't push it on you. I probably should, but I don't. But if you're going to accept the clear teaching of the Bible, miracles happen. You can't deny that God expects miracles to be going on in the church today. It's in here. Read it. Also, it is a very clear teaching that Paul said, and I'm not, you can read 1 Corinthians 11, 12, 10. He said, I wish above all things that y'all spoken, that everybody, all of you spoke in tongues, but it's better to prophesy. I mean, read the word, find out what it says. Don't, don't make it fit what you think so your opinion can be right. God's had to change my mind about so much in this word. It's just unreal from when he called me to preach till today. 
And I have listened to people and listened to people and I open the word and the word doesn't say it or the word says something different. And I think, wow, how did I believe this? I mean, folks, I was raised up in a free will Baptist church and they teach you sit down and shut up and don't believe much. I'll tell you another one that just eats at everybody's lunch. They don't want to hear it. <laughs> a woman is to be in subjection to her husband. Women don't want to hear that and men don't either. Because we're in a day and an age where a man rather the woman be um, in authority so that he doesn't have to do anything and he can put it all on her and let her take care of everything because um, it's just easier. He gets up, he goes to work, and he lives life and he doesn't want to have to fool with anything so he, he lets that woman be the dominant factor in the relationship. Women don't want to hear it because... We have been taught that we, as women, are um, equal. And we are equal in some forms and fashion, but I'm just saying the Word of God says that that woman is to, to submit to the husband. And I've used this example for years. Uh, people think because I'm the preacher that I'm the dominant person in the relationship between me and Tony, but if you've known me and Tony very long... You know, if Tony speaks, I say, how high? God just called me to preach and not Tony. And that's the way we live. And if we have to make a major purchase, we sit down and talk about it. And we decide, can we afford it? Can we not afford it? Do we need to do this? Where are we in this? And we discuss it. And then I say, whatever you think, Tony. That's the way we live. You say, well, woman wants a new car. I want a new car. I don't like the car I'm driving. I want a new car. Well, honey, we just can't afford it. I don't care. I just want a new car. And the next thing you know, what have y'all got? A new car that you can't afford. You can't make payments on, and you're deep in debt because you didn't let that man that go. And you say, well, what if he's not living for the Lord? I was teaching Sunday school class in Bethlehem years and years and years ago. If I've been here 30 years, that tells you how long it is. So this woman, I was teaching this class. She got real mad with me. Her husband was lost. He went fishing every Sunday. And I was teaching how to try to bring couples together and how women should respond. And she looked at me, well, I'm not going fishing with my husband. I said, you know what? You need to skip church one Sunday and go fishing with your husband and see if you can't win him to the Lord by killing him with kindness. I said, because the way you're going, you're not going to win anything. Y'all know me. That's just the way it is. You can't do that, people. I mean, if that man asked that woman to do something, God expects us to be subservient to him as long as it's not anything that goes against the will of God. Going fishing with your husband ain't going against the will of God. I mean, it's just not. Tony, wish God would tell me to go fishing more probably sometime. <laughs> I, hey, listen, that's, that's part of how we got married. I told you we, uh, we should have gotten married in a canoe because that's how we, how we bonded was in a canoe fishing. Uh, and I love to fish. I just, I don't much anymore. But People don't want to hear that. It's the word. It's the word. It's the word. And if God said it, he meant it. He wasn't really, he didn't make it where it's hard for us to understand the word. 
I mean, you can get real theological and start digging deep, but I mean, just read the word and don't make the word apply to what you want it to say. Take the word at what it says and see how God wants to change your life. You're not going to hear God's voice if you're trying to make this word conform to you instead of you conforming to the word. And that's what the churches are doing today. I mean, you take this word, this Bible, word for word, and God means everything he says, and you put it in the churches and half the people will leave. Because we want them to live in sin. We want them to live together. We want them to, to do the things they want to do. And God loves you. He'll forgive you because the grace of God is more than enough. And bunko, sin is sin is sin. Let me go on. Uh, we must interpret life experiences through the word and not vice versa. If you're going to hear God's voice, you've got to interpret the, the experiences according to the word and not take the word and make it according to your experiences. If you make the Bible believe, if you make the Bible fit what you believe, you are in danger again. <clears throat> Satan got Adam and Eve to question the word. That was the first thing he did in the Garden of Eden. Has God said? Yes, God has said. Then, I think it's the last thing. The Holy Spirit speaks from a place of peace. I was in a very awkward situation the other day, and um, I told this woman, I said, she was talking about, I don't want to do this, I don't want to do that. I said, find your place of peace. Find your center where you find the peace of God that lives inside of you and speak from that peace. And if you speak from that peace, you will be speaking truth, you will be speaking God and the Holy Spirit, you will hear Him, and that peace that passes understanding will go to that person. If you speak out of your emotions, out of your thoughts, and out of the enemy's thoughts inside of you, then you're going to speak anger, you're going to speak... Um, you're going to speak ruffling feathers. You're going to speak making other people mad because the peace of God can't move from you into them. And we're in a day and an age where people are not speaking from their peace, especially the church. When the Holy Spirit speaks to us, in the very core of our being is peace. When the Holy Spirit speaks to you and says something to you, in your very core, there's peace. But that doesn't mean it causes you not to feel negative emotions. When God speaks to you, it causes you a lot of times to have negative emotions. And I use myself. When God called me to preach, I had peace that passes understanding that it was God, but I didn't have any peace about preaching. I had very negative emotions. And then when I would share with people, I got more negative emotions. But, when the, but inside of me, I knew it was God. I just didn't want it to be God because I thought in my stupidity that he had made a mistake because women don't preach. And you, you hear God and you have a peace in your, in your innermost being. But he says, go visit somebody that you don't know. It causes negative emotions. It's, what am I going to do? What am I going to say? How am I going to find out where they go? Well, blah, 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 blah. And we just, he speaks to us, and 
We get all negative because it's not natural, but inside we know it is. And then I want to close with this. When God speaks to you, it affirms your identity. Y'all need to hear this. Well, you need to hear all of it. But when God speaks, we're, we're in a world where everybody's questioning their identity, and I'm not getting into that. We have an identity uh, crisis in the world, male, female, and am I this, am I that, and all that stuff. There's an identity crisis in the church. We don't know who we are. Born-again believers don't know that they're the righteousness of Christ. Therefore, you live, we live like we want to. We don't have the power inside of us, therefore the power can't operate through us. We don't know that the light of the Holy Spirit dwells inside of us. We don't know that God covers us. We don't know that we're delivered from sin, therefore we keep doing our own thing the way we want to do it. And it all starts because we question God. We question God. Did God say that I am the righteousness of God? Did God say that I have overcome sin? Did God say, well, then why do I keep sinning? Why, do I, why is not the light of God coming out of me into other people? Why isn't my life changing other people's life? You understand, that's what your life is for, is to change other people's life. We don't know the power of the Holy Ghost that is inside of us. My heart is that we would believe that by his stripes we are healed and we lay hands on Jeannie Green and, I mean, Jeannie Dameron and zap, she's healed. That's God's desire. You say, well, that's not what he meant. Well, I think he meant what he said and he said what he meant. Now, he does, he heals in all different ways. I get it. I know he does. And I give God all the glory that I've lived as long as I have walking around with some of the things that have gone on with my diabetes. It's just totally amazing for 30 years that I have. And it's, um, <laughs> you know, and I was asking the Lord the other day, I said, Lord, why? I mean, I've always believed in healing. I still believe in healing. I'll lay hands on people and pray for their healing as long as God gives me breath. I said, but Lord, why? He said, your body is a testimony to me, Ruth Jones. I thought, wow. I never thought about that. I mean, it's crazy. Because if you know anything, it's, I have those times. Y'all have seen me stand up here and have to drink and eat and drink and eat because my sugar's dropping and then go home and it's sky high. It, and it does something inside of you, but he said, you are a testimony to me that I can do what I want to do with a body that is surrendered to me. Isn't that awesome? You see, God wants to do so much, and he's fixing to do some things with us. It's going to be totally, we're going to hear the Spirit because he's going to be speaking louder. We're going to hear the Spirit because he's going to show us what he wants, and we're going to either say, yes, Lord, or ah, I don't know. Uh, and it's so much in the scripture. I read it this week. I don't even remember where about those who overcome in the last days, those who overcome. Last days, those who overcome. 
Overcomers. Which tells me everybody's not going to be an overcomer. Uh, yeah, those that endure to the end. Those that endure to the end. Uh, and God's fixing to help divide the wheat from the tares in the sense that we're fixing to start hearing this voice more and more. He's going to rise up inside of us and he's going to speak to us. And we're going to have to make decisions that we don't want to have to make. We're going to have to decide, am I going to do this because this is what God wants? Or am I going to do this because this is what my flesh wants? This feels better. And I tell you, one of the first things he's going to require of us, Ruth Jones included, our phones. He's going to require them of us. Put them down. Don't spend so much time on your phone. Don't be entertained by what's on the phone, it entertains your flesh. The Spirit doesn't entertain your flesh. The Spirit entertains God inside of you. I don't feel like this is um, a message that I want to do an altar call with. I feel like it was a message that um, is vital to the days that we're in. You have got to believe God's Word no matter what you think. You've got to know if God tells you that, he'll tell it to you again tomorrow. He is consistent. He doesn't change his mind. He's not wishy-washy. And learn to hear the voice of God as opposed to your emotions. When I, emotions are good. God gave us our emotions. He loves emotions. God's emotional. He's love. But he's, he's not moved by emotions when I say he's emotion. He's not moved by his emotions. He loves because he is love. He doesn't love you. He is love. God, when he got me up last night, whatever was going on, as he broke my heart, emotions kicked in, okay? But the emotions didn't kick in until I saw him break my heart. And some of us get all caught up in the emotion of things and then God can't do anything with our heart. And it's very difficult to hear him when your emotions are in control. You can, but it's very difficult. The other thing is, like, when we're worshiping and the music, I can get caught up in the emotion of the music. Uh, somebody sent me a song the other day, and y'all feel free. People send me songs all the time. I've got about five or six, and... I listen to them. I do because I love to worship. But one song, I listened and I thought, I like this song, but something's not right here. And I went back and played it again. And it was just the undertone of the words of the music. They sounded so right, but they were not. And it happens a lot especially with this new music. You have to be very careful. I didn't text the person back. I just took the song off my phone, and um, I don't remember the name of it. But you see, you hear the Spirit from your core being, and He will guide and direct you, and you will know that it's Him. But then you have to make the choice, are you going to follow Him? Because He's going to require something of you that you don't want. Father, I thank you for every person that's here. I thank you, Lord, for just such a basic message, and yet it's so vital that we understand your voice. 
Oh, your voice is what keeps us going. Your voice is what saves our life. Your voice is what brings the peace of God that passes understanding. The voice of the Holy Spirit inside of us, he will direct our paths and he will keep us from getting off that, that path that we're on. And he will, say, he will show us. He will, show, he will put people in our lives, Lord. I know it's just so awesome. He puts people in our lives and he lets us be an influence in their life. And as we hear him, we say things and do things that affects others. Lord, you are calling us to this ministry every day, everywhere we go, whatever we say. We can't get on the phone and gossip and tell people about stuff. We can't get on the phone and say things about other people. Father, we get on the phone and talk about Jesus. We go out to eat and we talk about Jesus. Lord, the world needs to hear the world needs to see the Christ in us. And Lord, we need to hear the voice of the Father inside of us. So help us to be aware. Help us to be aware, Lord. Give us a burning desire to open that Bible and read it. We'll never hear the voice of God if we don't read the Bible. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for each person that's here. I thank you, Lord, for your precious Holy Spirit. And Father, make us aware. Just heighten our senses to you. And I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.